welcome back to the Running and Gunning podcast with your hosts Justin and Logan. We are pumped to get this episode going today. Uh, we had some technical difficulties uh, with a, a guest that we were trying to bring on, so we're just uh, bringing you another episode of us. I hope you all can uh, enjoy that. But uh, we got we got some good stuff today. We're gonna try to bring a little bit of humor in and uh, get our breakdown for the final countdown of season to kick off. But uh, how's everything been going, Logan? I, I haven't talked to you here in a few days. I mean, what you been doing, man? Um, been up to a lot. Uh, a lot of life stuff going on and not so much deer stuff. But uh, I've been getting ready for elk season. Um, you know, I've got about a week and a half or so before uh, of deer season before I leave for elk. So I'm prepping a little bit for it, but not like hanging my hat on it. Um, I've just been doing a lot of physical stuff, uh, testing my ankle and everything. Um, since I injured it, like it's, it's been a road <laughs> to get back. Um, and obviously I want to know that, of what I'm capable of, um, before season. So getting up in a tree and all that kind of, uh, going to put me to the real test. But I think that, uh, I've been developing a game plan, um, we're what a week two weeks out um, yeah pretty much two se- weeks. Se- september 3rd um and it is approaching quickly uh so trying to develop a game plan on what i want to do for that opening weekend um kind of thinking i want to out on public i just know <laughs> especially with it being labor day a three-day weekend and everything like yeah i know it, it's gonna be yeah. jam-packed um but it's also the best opportunity on public run into uh, the deer that i'm looking for probably because he's not you know up until saturday the saturday the third he hasn't been pushed around like he's going to be for the next however many months um right. I'm still trying to decide on that. I've got a spot I could go sit private um, and we'll get into um, that whole game plan and figuring out what, what we want to do. But man, it's, it's definitely been on my mind. It's, it's getting so close. Like it, I, I've definitely felt over the past week, like the realization of like, it's here. Um, Oh yeah. Dude, I I get it. I've, it's kind of, (laughs) it's kind of coming on quick too, for me too. I'm like with between life stuff and chores. And I feel like I'm trying to gather all this stuff and like, it is what it is, man. It's like, it's opening weekend, but you know, we love this stuff and we put, I feel like we put so much pressure on ourselves that is totally unnecessary, but at the same time, it's (laughs) Oh, it's it's hunting season. It's finally here. I've been waiting forever, but I'm just stoked to get back in a tree. Uh, I feel like the first like couple hunts are always like just magical. You know, like I don't even care. Usually, you end up seeing a lot of stuff. I feel like in early season, um, and it's just it's a little bit more fun. But I'm just gonna say some prayers that uh, it's not 95 or 100 degrees. That's really <laughs> if we can That's... go out and it's like 80 or lower, then I'm gonna be stoked. I mean. I don't really care. I just want to get some good tree time in, hopefully see a couple deer, hopefully kill a booner, you know, if uh, <laughs> we <laughs> absolutely in, in velvet and everything. Oh yeah. Yeah, dude. That yeah. would be a dream come true. And um, yeah. 
I might uh, I might have to wear a tank top and try and you know intimidate the dudes on public if I uh, if just I go, go out there just because it's so dang hot. Is, uh, is which way are the deer? You know, are they down this way? What do you, what do you <laughs> don't exactly. just don't come around me. All right, that's all I'm asking. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, I now, uh, I think that that's my, I mean that's one of my biggest things with, with the early season is like the bugs and the heat, man, especially with mo- being mobile and the whole run and gun style. It's, it's tough because you're carrying everything into the woods every single time you go. Um, so that's something else that um, I know that you and I have talked about before is during early season, like if you're carrying your stand and sticks and everything in with you, bring an extra shirt, wear that extra shirt in, in, cause you're going to sweat. Like, especially here in Kentucky um, and anywhere South of here, like it's hot. Um, and if you bring that an extra shirt and wear that in and then put your camo on, take that off, put your camo on, you know, once you get to the tree and kind of like settle down, caught your breath, stop sweating and all that. Um, you'll definitely be way better off because you'll feel better, um, be more comfortable. And then you're also not just sitting there in with a stench that uh, hopefully the deer can't smell, but they probably will. <laughs> yeah, for sure. We all know how we smell after sweating, after walking like a half mile or a mile in 90 degrees. I mean, right. I, my shirts always end up, I feel like just a regular thing to walk outside with a wet shirt from like the past three or four months. It's just been nuts. It's yep, been hotter absolutely. than I can remember. It's been really nice lately. It's been uh, getting me fired up for season to start. We've had some cool mornings, and I've been enjoying that. But, man, I need to get my ass out there and get some of these trail cameras um, checked. I got – I want to say I got at least 10 or 12 cameras to check that I've had soaking for a while. So I'm hoping something good is going to be on there. But if not, uh, my game plan is to probably just go hunt um, – the farm. Uh, I mean, if I don't have anything good on public, I'm probably just going to go hunt the farm, try and kill a doe. Um, you know, maybe do an observation sit. It's kind of going to be kind of tricky. I have a uh, corn at the farm that I'm hunting this year. So it's, uh, it's definitely going to be a little bit different. Um, it might be good for later, but it's, yeah. it's definitely going to narrow things down for me. Um, but Corn's you know, tough. whatever. Yeah. Yeah, and I'll be honest with you, man. I really haven't done that much um, hunting over cornfields in early season. Uh, usually I'm more of a woods guy, but this farm uh, kind of permits me from hunting like uh, a bunch of the woods just because the landowner doesn't own that much into the woods. It's more like field edges and a couple of ridges that I could hunt, but I haven't really seen uh, the deer traffic on the ridges like I normally do. I think they're they're either down in the bottoms or they're just laying in that corn. I mean, it is what it is. You, you know. Yeah, I've you got permission on a. I've got permission on a, a property that they've been running corn in the last I don't know, however many years. Uh, I think the last, and it's tough. I can't figure it out. Um, I get, I set a trail camera up and I I get good deer um, out on the edge of this cornfield and then. I go and I sit and I nothing and I can't figure, I can't figure out where they're coming from and where they're going. And um, maybe I just need to get in there and try and stalk them through the corn. No pun intended. Yeah. Good luck with that. Dude. 
Yeah, right. Good luck with exactly. that. Yeah, and we were like, yeah, you're going to get lost real quick. <laughs> I know that's – especially the corner around here is probably like 10 foot tall or better. So, it's pretty easy to get lost in. But, yeah, I mean so- – those, Go uh, ahead. I'm I'm in the same boat. I've been I know we were out when I th- I should go check my trail cameras. Um, and I I know I've heard a couple people, other people say that like they wait till the last second basically, so that when you check that trail camera, it's got the most up to date data that you could have on. Um, so like whether that's the day or two days before season opens, um, and I'm probably going to wait that long. Um, especially if I'm going to try and go sit public on opening day, like, I think that my best chance is going to be if I have the most up-to-date intel. Um, so I'll probably wait until Thursday or Friday of next week. Or is it next week? And, uh, and for you, and I mean, you, do you have a lot more of your cameras like on trails right now and like scrapes and stuff like that? Um, so I've got a trails. I have right now, I only have one scrape out. Um, the camera that I just went out uh, at the end of last week and put up. Have you ever had this happen where you? you go and you set this trail camera in like an awesome spot. You get home. It's maybe a couple days later. And then you're like, you get that sinking feeling in your stomach and you're like, did I turn that camera on? Yeah. You left it on <laughs> setup. Hey, yeah. little nice little plug, uh, a plug for Lone Wolf uh, cameras uh, from Lone Wolf custom gear. I will say it is a pretty cool feature. Um, when you turn their cameras on, I know you have a couple of them, don't you? Yeah. They're yeah my favorite I mean, ones. I, I agree for video mode for like, if you got a prime scrape, I mean, you can't beat these cameras on these scrapes. I mean, they basically they're on a little ball if you don't know, and you can adjust it, look right at your phone and see exactly where your camera's aiming. And then you just walk away and it arms itself. So that yeah, is a pretty cool feature because we've all been yeah. guilty of leaving cameras in setup mode. I mean, it happens. I don't care who you are. It's the, it's like a terrible feeling too, just not knowing. And this, you know, way back. Um, and it's not one of those where I can just, you know, hop out, go see if it's on or not. Um, and this one isn't a lone wolf one. It's actually a, a stealth cam that um, I, I don't know if I talked to you about this. The, uh, so I put this camera out last year in October and I did not check it until last week. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Amazon basics batteries, double a batteries in this thing. And it was on video mode and it was still recording. Yeah. When I picked it up. Yep. Which is crazy. Like you, you almost never get that sort of life out of batteries, um, especially Especially running video. Yes, and especially Amazon so, batteries at all. Right, I, exactly. I had a friend so of mine. Impressed. He was he was making jokes. He's like, "Well, what camera? What what batteries are you running in your cameras?" I'm like, "Uh, usually I'm really cheap, um, but this year I was talking with uh, Justin Hollinsworth and Heath Cisco, and they talked me into going and doing the lithium batteries, at least in my cell cams, so I like totally don't really have to mess with them. And um, we'll see, man. I don't know. I mean, that's I feel like. 
my cell cams, like they eat up the batteries a little bit quicker than like a normal one. But especially like you said, in video mode, like that's, that's amazing. I'm pretty shocked. Was there a lot of videos? Like what, how many would uh, you say you had? It was close to 300. Oh, well that's not um, that many, I guess. No, not, not a ton, obviously. For but like, that's cool that it from lasted. October to August. Yeah. Right. And it, it, uh, and I was running it on six, yeah, 16 second videos. Um, so some of the times I could tell when it got really cold, it would only record for like four seconds. Um, but you know, like I'm doing the same thing with the lithium batteries. I'm running those and, um, I've only got one cell cam that I'm running this year. Um, and, but I'm definitely running lithiums in those and that, leads me right into that so with my cell cam they put it up it was probably the end of july um i think when i finally went out and and hung it and i'm just not seeing the stuff that i want to see yeah i've, so I've part, got a couple of my, cameras like it yeah so part of my plan for the next uh week or so is to get out get these cameras checked one checked and kind of reassess uh where whether they're in a good spot whether i need to move them and where i need to move them to um, yeah so what one of the things that i do for that is when i go into the field i've always got my phone on me obviously um and i take an sd card reader that i've got an iphone and it's just the apple one i've found i've ran through i don't know how many of the amazon ones that are like nine bucks and they work for like three months and then they stop working <laughs> so i finally like yeah. ponied up ponied up and bought the apple one um and i haven't had any issues with that but i just throw that pull the card out, out of the camera um throw it in the sd card reader and i run through those pictures real quick on my phone and the iPhones, you can if you download all the pictures to your camera, which or to your phone, they it's usually pretty quick. And then you can just use the carousel at the bottom and scroll through those pictures super fast. So you're you're not sitting there, you know, picture by picture waiting for it to load or anything like that. Um, this can be really quick. That way, you're not out in the woods forever, and That's cool. you can de you can decide whether or not you know you want to leave that camera there and replace the card or move it somewhere else so that's that's my plan um for next week when i head out and then obviously i'm going to pull that uh cell camera and i might move it to either one of the locations where my other cameras are if i get good intel from one of those and i want to obviously see what's happening in real time um with a cell cam or I might just hang on to it and wait until I get some better Intel to yep. th throw it up. Um, I think that that's something that like, you don't always have to have a camera in a tree. And I think it's always good to at least have one in your back pocket that it's like, if you get some, some sort of information about a deer, like now you, you don't have to go pull a camera or, you know, do anything else you've always got that camera ready to, to, to deploy. Um, and that's, yep. I was going to touch on that one or two. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that's one thing I'm going to try to put in my arsenal or at least like have a cell camera in my truck 
um, maybe move one of them that's in it, that's been sitting in an area. Like I said, I have I have one camera at that farm that's on a ridge, and I've barely got anything on it. And I'm like, this is just pointless. So I think I'm gonna take it from there. Probably just not keep it in my pack. I don't really want to like lug a cell camera around with me like all season, but it is super valuable, especially back in the woods, to have uh, you know a piece of equipment like that, or at least like near you. Um, so you can, you know, you find that real hot scrape or something and you're, or a real good rub or a good trail and you never knew about it. It's like, you know, act on it quick because a lot of times you're a dollar short and a day late, you know, when you find sign like that, it's like these deer are constantly changing every week. And if you're able to hunt, then you want to get on that sign. I mean, it's, it's happened to me a couple times where found a hot scrape, put a camera, a cell camera on it. And like within that night, there was a, a shooter buck on it. And it's like, you know, so I think that's, what's cool with a cell camera, you know, use the technology for what it is. Um, Absolutely. I think, but that, I mean, uh, I think you covered a lot with the, with the trail cams. So, I mean, having a laptop is, you know, a laptop or some way to check your card, in the woods is super important and valuable because, you know, then you get back home and you check and it's like, Oh, there's nothing but does and like, okay, well now like you've got that camera there and you were there and you could have moved it. You know, it's like, it's important, you know, use, you got, you got a set full of tools. I mean, use them and put them to work the best that you can. You know, I think that's important instead of wasting your time in a area that's not productive. Absolutely. So I was going to ask you what uh, you're going to go out and check these cameras, um, pull the card. So what, what would it take or what is it going to take uh, as information wise for you to say, I'm going after this deer on opening day? Oh, it, I mean, if it's a good deer, I'm going after him. I mean, if it's like, if it's something that's good and mature, like I'll go for it. If he's guess, in, especially in velvet, like I'm, I'm willing to like <laughs> lower my bar a little bit if he's in velvet. Cause that's just been like a bucket list thing for me. I, I have always wanted to kill a big buck in velvet. I feel like it's an awesome thing. And, yeah. you know, it, and for me this year, like if anything, it would just be this year, I would like to kill one early, like more than maybe other years because of that, you know, the Kentucky elk hunt. So I'm all for it. I mean, my, my bar this year, I'm trying to get, I, I have it set, you know, and it's around like, I'd like to get a 160 to 170 or better. Um, you know, obviously if I come across anything like that, I'm going to be super happy and excited because it's just not easy. I, I remember when I first moved here to Kentucky, I used to think like there were booners everywhere, you know, <laughs> I'm like, Oh, it's going to be sweet. Like I'm totally going to shoot like a, at least a 150 this year they've got to be running everywhere it's like you get your ass here and you put your feet on the ground man it, it's another game like you there's a lot of work that goes into killing a big deer i don't care where you're at um you know it's it's easy to live in a state that may not produce as much uh as many like trophy deer and then look at a, a quality state and be like oh well that guy just he just lives there and you know there's <laughs> that's why he kills all those big deer it's like no, like all, all of these guys put in a lot of work and it's coming from somebody that's, that's experienced it. And I've been around the block, you know, I'm not saying I'm, I'm the best hunter or anything by any means, but it's, it's a, it's a hard game shooting a mature deer. 
Absolutely. It, t- it takes work. And, and it's those people right. that are willing to, to put the work in consistently that are the ones that have success. I mean, you, you can work hard for, you know, a couple months, whether it's, you know, leading up to season. And then once you, once you start to not have success through September and maybe into early October, it's, a lot of people give up um, and then they just, you know, they'll go and, and sit for a rut hunt or something like that. And if you, it just takes that time. Like it's just a grind. And I mean, it, there's nothing else that can produce um, the way that like the work that we're putting in right now um, between you and I, like, whether it's checking trail cameras, scouting. Um, I know you're working on your food plots um, almost daily at this point, right? Um, yeah, I'm pretty much done now. I just need God to give me some rain. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I have, right. man. It's it's so, a labor of love, man. I don't know. It's cool. You know, get Yeah, and getting out glassing um, and all these different aspects. Like, it's that's what it takes to find those caliber of deer and to understand them and to be able to get on them. And, you know, I personally don't have that kind of experience. Um, I'm trying to get it and understand it better and everything like that. And I'm learning and growing. Um, But as far as it, you know, killing big deer and stuff like that, I'm very inexperienced and uh, looking forward to putting that pressure on myself to try and make things happen. Um, and so I guess that leads me into my, the question that I was asking is, okay, you get that deer, whatever caliber on, um, what, what Intel do you need? What next? Yeah. What's what? So what I would do if I was going to actually find a a Boone and Crockett, uh, type deer, uh, any kind of deer that I really wanted to go after. I would uh, basically kind of create like a hub and um, put where I found that deer in the hub and try to put a couple cameras around maybe like within a few hundred yards each direction of maybe a trail he was on. And I'd try to figure out if there's any ag around, any kind of food sources. Um, Here in Kentucky, we have a lot of white oaks. So, you know, I think some people would say, oh, we'll just go find a good white oak tree. And that's probably where I'll come to. But there's so many white oaks around here. It's crazy. And a lot of the public land around here is, is full of acre, like red oaks, white oaks, and persimmon trees. I have, a, <clears throat> I have a few spots that last year, I mean, you walk in there and it was literally like walking on marbles. There were so many acorns. It was crazy. But that's that's pretty much my approach, man. That or I'd throw a couple sits at it and try to see if I couldn't get eyes on them. Um, it just depends on where you're at. You know, our our hardwoods are really thick here, so it's kind of tough. But, I mean, what are you going to do? See, so do you get intel and not do anything about it or, you know? <laughs> yeah, right? that's that, yeah, that's tough because, I mean, especially if it is on public, um, which I know for you, you've got multiple options. For me, I've got just a couple. Um, and I think like you're the chances of, of the deer getting killed on opening weekend. I mean, you're, you're flooding the woods with these people, um, that 
may or may not know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, yeah. I think like a lot of people get out in the woods on opening day or maybe opening weekend because it's, it's the novelty of it. Um, right. Like it's, it's the opening of deer season. And so I need to get out in the woods, um, which we know is, is not always like a necessity. If you're going to go sit and you don't have that sort of Intel, like, sure, go sit to enjoy the time out there. That's why we're all, you know, doing this is to, to be in nature, to enjoy being outdoors. Um, right. And, you know, if you want to kill a doe, like just go out and get into some does. Like that's plenty enough good reason right now, especially with meat prices and stuff like that. Like just fill the freezer. Um, but yeah, I can't you... wait to get the fresh tenderloin. I'll be honest with you. I'm, I'm really <laughs> like craving some fresh meat. Um, I might, Absolutely. if I don't have anything on the radar, I'm going to try and kill a doe on opening day. That'll be like my mission for myself. Get some fresh tenderloins. Absolutely. I, I'm right there with you. I might have to make the trip down to see you then. Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'll, I'll share with you. I guess so. You're, you're, <laughs> I appreciate but, that. Shoot. I, think... I mean, I know, uh, you were talking about that. I mean, like really, I think, you had mentioned uh, earlier that you would, you think it might be better to go like right before you're going to hunt. But I think my mindset right now is I think I want to go like, we're literally two weeks away. Um, and I would like to go next week and see like, cause I've had my camera sitting for a long time. And if I do have a big deer, I would like to have that, you know, 10 day span, maybe to adjust what I'm doing and see if I'm not honing down on them. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like maybe that two week grace period, because I'm already, I've already been proactive and I put my cameras out like around July. Like that's kind of my, my hope at least that maybe I will find at least one buck that's at the caliber I'm looking for and try to, you know, close in on him a little bit and see if I can't have any luck and, try to narrow down maybe where he's betting at or where he's going, you know, and heading to feed or whatever it might be. But I think, I mean, I think that that's kind of where you and I are different this year is like, you're still searching. Well, I mean, I guess technically, but you know, I was on a deer last year that I chased for almost the whole season and I know where he's at or where he, at least where he was. And I basically created that hub that you're talking about mm -hmm. with my cameras when I set them at the end of July or whenever it was. Um, yeah. And so that's kind of like, I'm already, I, I, obviously I don't know if he's still alive, if he's there or whatever, but if he is, um, I've kind of taken those steps to, that you already talked about to get ahead so that when I, my, that's how my cameras are kind of placed is in a hub or where I know his, um, you know, land is so that when I check, them, I already have. So that's right. why I put, I'm going to push out closer to season and I don't need to, hopefully I don't need to adjust. I can see where he's at and what he's doing based off of, you know, the Intel that I already had from previous years. So, 
Yeah, and, I mean, I, and I'm scouting we'll a bunch see. of new stuff. Yeah, I, I have my cameras set in a bunch of new areas that I've never hunted. So I really wanted to try and, like, broaden my horizons this year. And I've done a lot of work in my house. I've done a lot of work scouting. I've done a lot in general. Um, and I am I, I am noticing, like, more and more bucks starting to show up on camera here at my house and in other places. Uh, it's just – you know, one of those things, like I haven't really found the deer that's of the caliber that I'm looking for, but you know, it is what it is. It'll come with time. I'm not worried about it. Like my whole goal is to just enjoy this year, man. I mean, hunting's about having fun. You know, I feel like all of us, all, all of our listeners is like, just enjoy the outdoors. Like don't hunt for anybody else, but yourself. And you know, it's not about like, I like I ended our last episode with, you know, it's not about a measure a measurement of antlers for your you know enjoyment it's you're you're out there to enjoy the woods for what they are and with the world we live in today man like i just can't wait to just actually go and enjoy the the quiet and peace of the woods and hopefully not sweat my ass off you know <laughs> <laughs> absolutely there's like you know those those times where you're sitting in a tree and you're not out there to kill a doe. You're out there to kill, you know, whatever buck and the there's deer moving past you and stuff like that. It's just so, I guess, like, I don't know if it's relaxing or just like kind of calming to just sit there and be able to observe like nature in its true form, like happen around you. Um, right. And that's like, I think that's one of my biggest, like, anticipations for the season to start is just to be able to get out there and just kind of like be at peace. Um, yep. But there's also like a lot of leading up to that. There's so much anxiety, like right now building that uh, all the oh, stuff yeah. that I need to do um, like over the next couple of weeks, I've got so much gear that I need to get organized uh, between my elk hunt and deer season. Like I'm not, my basement is a mess. It's just like yeah. there is gear and everything everywhere. And I know that in two weeks, like it'll be cleaned up. Everything will be exactly where it's supposed to be. Um, and I'll know where everything is, but like in the process, it's just like a wreck. Right. Yeah. Um, right. I don't know if you experienced the same thing. Like, Oh, 100% dude. I need, I mean, I've got to wash my camo. Uh, I'm not huge on like scent products. We're going to get into that uh, here in a little <laughs> bit, but um, now I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm down my clothes and stuff like that, but I need to do that. I want to, uh, you know, do some final tweaks on my bow. Like I, I think I'm, I've shot my broadheads a few times. That's one, one major thing I want uh, like all of our listeners to do is just shoot your actual broadheads, shoot lighted knocks. If you're going to shoot your lighted knocks, um, you know, make sure your arrows are shooting true. Make sure your equipment's dialed in. Uh, get some milkweed. That's another. Are you there? Yeah. Um, it it just came up and said that I lost signal. Uh, you know, getting getting a hold of uh, some milkweed for uh, if you don't have any for checking your wind is a good, big thing. Um, and I mean that's pretty much just checking out all of our equipment. Like we're we're both filming this year go go climb your tree and act like you're gonna hunt and see what you're missing because i mean all my stuff's pretty much in order from last year but there's always something i feel like you know 
I stowed away like a little clip or whatever I might need, like, you know, little gadget, but little stuff like uh, that. Time to do your final breakdown and make sure you're not missing anything. One of the uh, tips that I got from Andre DeQuisto, he said that to basically just do a dry run of what you're going to do. So take all your stuff out, pick a tree, Climb the tree like you normally would. Get everything set up. Kind of film. Get your camera on. Get your camera. Decide, like, look out. Pick a spot on the ground, whether it's like a leaf or something, um, and film that like it's here. And then, and shoot an arrow into it. And make sure that everything that you're gonna do when you get out there, especially if you're, you know, after a certain deer or a big deer or whatever. Like you don't want. Right. From somebody that films. Yeah. (laughs) From somebody that films, like when you first get back in the woods with your camera equipment and you haven't used it all summer long, like you're rusty. I mean, you're rusty with, you know, panning in and out and stuff like that. And I don't know. I mean, I'm sure I'm not the only guy that feels that way. It's just like, it's one of those things. All of us are, uh, you know, so concerned with getting all of our, you know, getting a deer to go after that. I think a lot of times we forget like that we're also trying to get it on film and not just that, even if you don't film, I mean, just making sure you got all the stuff that you really need in your pack and everything else too. I mean, if you're not using a pack, I mean, then, you know, at least make sure your range finder and all that's all dialed in and good. And, uh, you know, if you need to replace batteries, I replace a battery in my, uh, in my, uh, range finder every year. Uh, it's just a habit I'm on and I've never had my rangefinder not work on me. So yeah, that's you know, a good habit to get into. It's just, there's your, just, uh, there's a good always, tech tip for you. Yeah. Just set a date, whatever it is and replace your batteries and, you know, whether it's your rangefinder or um, anything else, I do that the same thing with, you know, like the red dots and stuff like that on my guns and everything. Um, and then flashlights and whatnot. So yeah. It's super it's just important. a good habit to, to get into. Um, yep. Batteries don't cost that much. Just go do it. Right. Exactly. Um, so I think that we wanted to end this podcast with some, uh, some things for the new guys, uh, the guys that are just kind of getting into hunting and, maybe aren't sure about certain industry standards or industry uh, traditions that, you know, Justin and I have discussed that are kind of, uh, they're seen as like normal, I guess, or have been seen as normal. If that, I'm going to come out and say it. Let's, let's get into talking (laughs) about hunting gimmicks. Okay. Let's do it. We're going to break it down. I mean, I feel like there's definitely some good ones. I mean, uh, I feel like I I was trying to like tread lightly. (laughs) Like now, no, we're going to send it, man. Come on. Let's just enjoy this one because I feel like we're both going to get some good laughs out of this and hopefully the audience will too. So Uh, estrus bombs. I'm sorry. Uh, (laughs) If you hunt public land enough, you're going to find an estrus bomb uh, or you're going to walk into woods that – just smell completely like estrus like the fake estrus the tinks uh i'm not saying that it that it might not work um 
But I feel like if you're hunting an area that's pressured, your chances of success using scent products are probably not going to like work out the way you want it to. Um, there's so many products out there that will tell you this will bring you a deer, that'll bring you a deer. And at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's really to sell a product. There, there's so many things out there now that are just all about getting you to spend your money on. Um, and I feel like scent products are probably one of the number one thing, uh, out there. I mean, whether it goes to, you know, spraying yourself down, I mean, I'm all for trying to take precautions and make sure I don't smell like, you know, like a normal like person walking in the woods with deodorant on and stuff like that. But if you really pay attention and you, you want to kill big deer, um, you have to pay attention to the wind because I don't care what you're doing with any of your scent products. That deer knows if you're a human and you're close to them. Like they, for one, I mean, they have way more senses than we do. It, or they pick up way more sense. Uh, Logan, I know you probably know way better than I do. Um, you work with canines, right? Yeah. Yeah, um, it's I mean it's pretty crazy like to I, I mean the way that their noses work is insane to me and the way that they can almost it's like they can tell time with like the amount of scent that can that hits the um nerves in their nose like they when you walk by and i've seen it um i actually one of the trail cameras that i checked last week i there was a guy that walked through at it was before sun up and three hours later a doe came in and was up in the air you could tell she knew exactly what was going on he had walked past her and i watched her go in the opposite direction of the way that he walked yeah, and that kind of stuff is, is and well, running running video mode on your cameras too. You actually get to see a lot of this stuff. Like I, I've noticed over the years, like running video mode. Uh, you know, when I go and put a camera out, and you might have a deer come in quick, like that deer might be completely calm, and then he cuts your track and just stops right there, like and looks around, or like picks up the scent just from you. With on your camera, you know what I mean? Even like a day or two later, I feel like they immediately can pick that out. And it's, it's amazing. I mean, I, I say one of the few scent products that I do actually believe in and I do like is, uh, the Evercom. Um, and I believe it's from conquest. Uh, I've had, I've actually had a lot of success with that. I've had, I think the deer like it. I mean, I've had deer follow the same trail that I took uh, walking in and have even licked the, I put a little bit of it on the base of my tree just to cover up any like ground scent. And I don't do it every time, but like, I feel like if I, if I'm really trying to kill like a specific deer, like I'll try to cover my tracks a little bit with stuff like that. Um, if I have it, you know what I mean? If I don't have it, it's not like I'm not going to go hunt. Like I'm not that, you know, religious about it but i do believe like that is one product that actually does kind of make a difference um and I, I basically it's supposed to smell like uh doe bedding areas for those of you guys that don't really know about it 
Um, and, and it's also a good tool to have in your backpack for scrapes. I've had a good success with just making some scrapes with my boots and dropping a, a couple of uh, flakes of, of this stuff in a scrape and it, and it holds in the, in the scrape a little bit better. But um, yeah, that's, I was going to bring that up. I think the only exception to kind of the gimmick of what we're talking about is if you're making a scrape, that's the only time that I've ever used, not ever, the only time that I now use like right. any sort of sense or anything like that. Um, you know, back, in, back in the day, I've used plenty of, you know, dirt scent wafers and different right. kinds of, you know, using skunk or coyote pee to, to yeah. spray on my boots and all my, that. My all dad, my dad stuff. was a, he was a huge uh, believer in the uh, Fox pee. And I remember being a kid, like, what are you doing? Like, God, that smells like a straight up skunk. He's like, yeah, but the deer, the deer don't worry about it. I'm like, okay. Like, I would love to know how many things like I've inherited from, uh, from just like, you know, little stuff from like my dad or like my uncles and like older people that, you know, heard this or that, that just really like at the end of the day, you find out aren't really the truth. Um, I mean, another thing, I mean, you hear uh, like a lot of guys, like they talk about, uh, the Ozonics, like, yeah, you know, there, there was a time I actually did buy a Ozonics and, um, I can say that like it did work a couple times, I think, but the more I look at it now that, you know, I'm a little bit older and I, I've got, a, I feel like I've got a little bit more experience under my belt. Sometimes deer like aren't worried about your smell. I, I've had times where I don't, I know that I smell and it's, it's like a deer will walk by. And I mean, for whatever reason, maybe it's thermals. I, I feel like it's possible, but um, I think not all deer are like that worried about your smell all the time. Um, especially if you're, if you're hunting a farm, like a, that's not really that pressured. I think that the more pressured an area is, the more like the deer becomes super on edge of any kind of, you know, foreign scent. But, I think maybe at a farm, like some of these deer get used to smelling a sticky farmer or something every once in a while. And they're like, oh, whatever. Like, you know, I've smelled that a hundred times. It's not, you know, it's not a threat to me. Um, and I could be totally wrong about that, but I, I can I just think, tell you from experience, I've seen that. And I'm like, I know that deer can smell me, but it didn't blow at me or it didn't, you know, the deer stopped and it, it could smell something, but it wasn't enough to really trigger it to blow at me. So I mean, I'm just, just talking from experience. I mean, I think it all goes back to kind of what you were talking about at the beginning. And it's like all this stuff's just, you know, really designed for you to spend money on it. Um, yeah. And like at the end of the day, you, it's just like, it's bare bones. Like all you need is to be able to get up. You don't even have to get up in a tree. All you need is right. a bow or, you know, whatever weapon and to be out there. And as long as you do things correctly, like, you, you could still kill a deer. Um, yeah. Everything else is just gear and gadgets at that point. Right. Um, right. And so hunt the like wind, you, hunt the wind and understand thermals and you'll kill big right. deer. Yeah. Like if you want to get up in a tree and you want to run a ozonics and spray nose jammer on your, you know, back trail and do all these things like, sure. If you believe in it, like that's, that's part of it. Right. Is, is if you feel confident, that is a hundred percent like a huge factor. 
um, yes. is is having confidence in like going into an area. So if, if that's what you want to do, if you want to put fox uh, pee on your boots and walk in and it makes you feel like the deer aren't going to, to know that it's you, go right ahead. But <laughs> it's still at the end of the day, pretty silly to, right. to think that, uh, you know, they're not English that there may be some fox pee, but there's definitely some human scent there. Uh, yeah. And the ozonics but, thing to get back to that, I, I've had deer blow at me while I'm using the ozonics. So to me, it's like, is it really worth me lugging that piece of equipment in the woods with me and taking up all that room in my pack and making that extra noise and that extra movement just to put up a device that doesn't work like all the time? No, it's not. It's really not to me. Um, if I was going to go hunt like a ground blind and I had a huge deer to go after and the wind was marginal, like maybe I would bring those onyx with me because I would just like to throw that extra. I think that it works great if you're in an enclosed blind or something, don't get me wrong, but if you're going to tree stand hunt, I don't think it's that important. It's, it's really not going to do that much. Um, yeah, it's more, it's and more I'm sure somebody, than, somebody than disagrees with me. I guarantee that. <laughs> but, and, and that's fine. Like, you know, everybody has their opinions. I'm just speaking from my experiences and, and I'm more of a minimalist. The, the older I've gotten, the more I've every year I've taken less and less with me in the woods. There's that, it, you know, I think that's part of the, the mobile game. The more you get into this style hunting, the more you realize how many things you take with you that aren't necessary. Um, it's, yeah, you know. I, I think that like along, along those lines, one of the last things that I, at least I want to bring up is a gimmick, the, I guess, gimmick of camo. Oh, the dude, you, that, oh, you stole it. <laughs> the that fact too. that you have to have whatever camo, whether it's, you know, Under Armour, Sitka, Kuyu, uh, Numa, whatever other big name brand that you want, want to throw out there or, you know, uh, pattern or this or that, like all that stuff, whether it's Mossy Oak, Realtree, like I, you just keep going, right? Um, all these different brands have their own uh, patented camo. And at the end of the day, like it's really not about that. No. You, you don't have to have expensive camo you don't have to have any camo it can be whatever it is that you're comfortable in as long as you're not moving you'll probably be fine or i think right i've heard that blue is a, actually a color that stands out to me right i haven't right. i haven't ever seen it proven um i've got blue well, I mean, veins on my arrows and they've never looked directly at, at them so i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i mean if you look at uh james jordan uh, i don't know some of you guys might not uh know who James Jordan is. He was a old, uh, he's an older guy now, but, um, he shot one of the world record typical bucks and he shot it with a recurve wearing flannel and jeans. And I think like we've gotten to this point where hunting has become so much about selling a product. Um, and you know, hashtag Sika or hashtag whatever it might be. Um, it's it's really just like oh do you want to be like this guy or that guy it's like at the end of the day like wear what's comfortable for you i think uh you know with some of this gear it's uh more of it's geared towards performance like whether you have moisture wicking um or stuff to keep you warmer 
Like, it's really about, like, does your camo serve a purpose for you? Um, don't worry about the pattern. Worry about really getting some gear that's quality, that's going to serve your purpose, whether it's early season and it's moisture wicking or late season, you're looking at merino wool, um, you know, good socks, stuff like that. That That's the important stuff that's actually going to make you stay in the woods and be a successful hunter because you're able to, to take the elements and, you know, roll with them. But absolutely. Okay. And that goes right back to what we were talking about earlier with like walking in, carrying your stuff, especially like early season, like you've got to be comfortable. If you're not comfortable and enjoying yourself, like you're going to re- one regret, like being out there, you're not going to stay out there as long. You're not going to be confident. And unfortunately you're probably not going to be successful because all those factors lined up probably don't equal success. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'd say just, just try to try to limit what you take in the woods. There's so many products out there that are going to, you know, really take up a lot of room in your pack. That really isn't necessary. So at the end of the day, just, uh, just carry what you need and what you think you're going to need. And, uh, you know, if you get down to the point and you're like, man, I wish I had that then throw it in your pack, but stay yeah, lightweight. I think- and it'll it'll definitely pay off in the long run instead of spending money on gadgets and and gizmos and whatever else i think that the important thing more important thing is to spend money on education like learn whether whether it's books or you know i know some people there's like the master classes and stuff like that on um you know learning how to deer hunt and different things like that like there's information out there there's also free information, but um, a lot of times the the real stuff is paid for. And stop spending money on, you know, things that may or may not work, and start spending it on yourself. Um, at the end of the day, like you are basically a piece of gear. Um, your right. body is, your mind is, and at the end of the day, that's the only thing that really matters. Everything you can change. Um, get the knowledge that you need and everything else will kind of line up. Yep. Spend your money in the right places. Uh, I remember getting into an argument with somebody really wasn't an argument. It was more of like me just, just making a point. I'm going to, I'm going to close out with this one, but uh, you know, he had mentioned something about how much that a tree stand or climbing sticks cost. And I asked him, how much did you spend in corn last year? Cause I know it was over a thousand dollars that he spent on corn and you know, I spent less than that on my setup and uh, it was just interesting that he had such an attitude about something that I spent money on that was gear related yet that gear is going to last me my entire life. And he just went through more money than I spent on gear and corn. And, you know, at the end of the day, being mobile is really about enjoying the woods and, and kind of, kind of getting away from hunting over a corn pile or something. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not trying to say that there's, there's anything wrong with that. I'm just saying, you know, what do you want to do? Do you want to expand your horizons and become a better woodsman or, you know, that's, that's really what we're about here. We're, we want to take our skills and evolve and become better hunters every year. And it's all about growth. Like I don't ever want to stop growing until I die. And that's just, that's just my mentality. I'm sure Logan, I'm sure you feel the same way. Um, Absolutely. But that's, that's, 
that's really what time. life's about to me. Yeah, I spend time every day, um, you know, dedicated to making myself better in multiple different facets, whether that's working out, shooting my bow, um, you know, watching videos on whatever it is, learning about elk hunting or deer hunting or um, something else or reading books about, you know, whether it's mental toughness or stuff like that. Like I'm always searching for more and trying to get better. Um, and that's to me, like one of the only things that like can really make a difference because if you just stay static, like you're going to get what you've always got. Right. That's (laughs) whatever that saying is, uh, like if you don't change, then you're not going to be able to, uh, strive and get, achieve your goals and that kind of stuff. And that's, what's important to us and what we want to portray to, especially new hunters. Um, and the people listening is that that's what we're about is getting better. Um, and I don't think we don't want to like hate on anybody. That's why I said that the gimmicky stuff, you know, if you want to do whatever you want to do, like go for it. But, <laughs> you know, we're going to do this, the things the way that we want to do them. Um, yeah. We're going to, we have a and, no BS gonna, approach. That's what you're yeah. going to get with both of us. You're going to get the raw truth and how we feel about stuff. And, you know, you can take it or leave it um, at the end of the day. But you know what? We're out here. We're, we're doing this to benefit people and, I know when I was a younger guy, I wish like I had people, uh, you know, that could help me along the way. And, and it's one of those things. So we hope that we can be, uh, those people, you know, for you guys still listening out there. And we really appreciate all the support so far. I know I've gotten a few messages. I know Logan has too. And, uh, we really appreciate you guys tuning in with us. Um, we're, we're working on the tech side. Neither of us are really tech guys, but, um, (laughs) like I said, we, we were trying to get a guest on here tonight and it just didn't work out. Um, so we're trying to work on that. We're trying to, uh, to step our game up and um, we're working along with it. But uh, on that note, um, I really appreciate you guys tuning in and we look forward to catching you all next week. Thank you. Thanks again for tuning in to the running and gunning podcast. Really appreciate all the support you guys are giving us. Can't thank you enough. If you haven't, reach out to us. Let us know how we're doing. Uh, Let us know if there's anything you want us to improve on or anything you want us to touch on. You can find us at Instagram at Run and Gun Podcast and on Facebook at Running and Gunning Podcast. I want to give a special thanks to Lone Wolf Custom Gear for all their support. Find them online at LoneWolfCustomGear.com. They have so many awesome products for mobile hunting. Uh, Literally too much for me to list on here, but just awesome stuff and a great company to get you in the mobile game. I'm going to end today's episode with a quote from Fred Bear. He says, If you're not working to protect hunting, then you are working to destroy it. I couldn't agree more with what he said there, and I hope it finds you guys today. Hope you all have a great week. Get out there and do some scouting. Thank you.